Well, it looks like Facebook has finally found a solution to their recent financial woes. And it's certainly not by deprioritizing or pulling large amounts of funding from its very stupid and dystopian metaverse project. <laughs> that would be silly. Uh, it's actually by copying the first thing that Elon Musk was able to implement over at Twitter when he took over. Meta, which consists of Facebook, Instagram, and WhatsApp, the now ubiquitous social media platform spanning a wide range of interactions, will start charging users for features that should be commonplace for all of its users. But mostly it's going to be for acquiring and showing off that really cool verified badge. But at the, the very least, this sort of makes sense for a company like Meta, specifically as it relates to Instagram, which at this point isn't much more than a giant shopping mall where you occasionally spot one of your friends. Yeah. Yeah. So Musk seems to be doing a bit of an unwarranted victory lap with this latest news since it appears as though Mark Zuckerberg saw a true genius at work and uh -huh. decided to copy the idea for himself. Mark's been doing this for 20 years, but Elon finally showed up and like showed him how it's actually done. Wow, what a great idea. No one's thought of. But yeah, it's far more likely that Meta has been developing this for quite some time and was relieved to sit back and watch Twitter test the market first, providing valuable data to teams at Meta regarding what people were willing to pay versus what they'd see as value on that return. The results aren't too surprising considering we're still in this extremely weird era of online clout. People really want to have other people think they're important and are willing to pay for that privilege. Yeah. That mark of shame. As it is some might at say. this point, yeah. Uh, like we said, though, at least this sort of makes sense with Meta's various companies, that we absolutely despise Facebook and aren't really here to talk them up anyway. Yeah. So I'm going to focus on Instagram with the examples because that's it makes the most sense for this product rollout and only boomers use Facebook. So any references regarding that platform would just be lost on everyone watching this. Though it will be odd seeing various hate groups that are hidden under relatively inconspicuous names become verified and then rocketing up in the search results that'll eventually happen. Oh, yeah. First off, let's jump into their pitch for this new service, uh, what it provides and how much it costs. According to an official post from Meta this past weekend, with Meta Verified, you'll get a verified badge confirming you're the real you and that your account has been authenticated with a government ID. More protection from impersonation with proactive account monitoring for impersonators who might target people with growing online audiences. Help when you need it with access to a real person for common account issues. Increased visibility and reach with prominence in some areas of the platform, like search, comments, and recommendations. Exclusive features to express yourself in unique ways. Now, the product's being tested uh, only in Australia and New Zealand first, and it does start at $11.99 per month. I mean, that's if you sign up on desktop. Uh, it's $14.99 a month if you're on mobile because of, you know, Apple and Google taking their cuts, but also because you're too lazy to get on the desktop. That's ridiculous. That's like three eggs. That's a lot of eggs, buddy. So yeah, obviously the safety and security features should have been baked into the basic operations of Meta's products from the beginning. And the idea that you should have to pay a fee is a bit upsetting, but also this is actually much worse than all that because all of this relies entirely on tying your entire real life to your online profile or persona, which is something these companies have been trying to do for years in a yeah. sneaky way. Now they're coming right out and just being like, get that idea out, folks. I give you badge, you give me a hundred percent correlation between your advertiser ID and your identity. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So you remember when the yeah, old heads only remember when Bob, the Bob army had to fight Google so you wouldn't have to use your real full name to create accounts or leave comments. It was back when the Google plus was, uh, you know, integrating everything into YouTube. And it became, it was one of the first strikes at being 
uh, a platform where they wanted all of their users to be identified by their actual names and not uh, just a username that you made up. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this is another step to the true end of what the internet actually was, especially since moves like this seem to be a proactive step in anticipation of governments here and abroad cracking down big time in regards to internet anonymity and the shifting of responsibility from the users to the platforms, which is a topic that's going before the Supreme Court very soon. This week. Uh, a Supreme Court who absolutely despises the internet and what it's currently used for. Uh, it's probably not a coincidence that the major social platforms are moving this direction preemptively. Yeah, it's, uh, it's worrisome. But, but also it's like... We've, got, we've all gotten used to the idea of just things on the internet being free um, mm -hmm. without really acknowledging that they're only free because we're the product. Yeah. I, I mean, honestly, if a company came around and was just honest about how this all works and said, you pay us $5 a month or whatever. You get the platform. We don't track you. We don't serve you ads. Like, you just, all the things you sign up for are there. Mm -hmm. uh, that, would be, that would be great. And, like, Facebook especially. Like, honestly, it, it, they're kind of past the point of return now. But, like, the original Facebook, before all the boomers showed up, mm -hmm. was actually a quite useful website. And yeah. if, at the time, they'd been like, throw us a couple bucks a month, this other evil shit won't affect you, you'll just be able to, like, you know, message your friends and know when people's birthdays are and yeah, all that. You run into the immediate problem of, back then, everything was free everywhere, and it was being backed by... Uh, these gigantic investors who wanted infinite growth with no end in sight. And in order yeah. to do that, you have to give it away for free. And you can only tamp down on it much, much later when you realize that this business model simply cannot sustain itself. Yeah, I mean, we saw this with print media already over the last decade. Like, yeah. They're all charging now, and for good reason. Yeah, I mean, we might have more on the whole Section 230 thing and the Supreme Court in Tech News Day this week because they are going to be hearing some tales and uh, deciding on a, on a few things. It would be cool if they did just accidentally destroy the internet. <laughs> just Through immediately. sheer ignorance and like ideological contempt for big tech. And the world might actually be a better place for it. Yeah. In some aspects. In others, it could they, be horrifically bad. They just but... accidentally make like using the internet illegal. You know? It, yeah. It would be a shock, but... Well, it was like that story a couple weeks ago where it's, uh, you know, what was it? Uh, Louisiana or someone trying to have people upload their government IDs to look at porn? Uh, there's now, like, uh, a dozen states also trying to... Yeah, try a lot of them are pushing towards this Section 230 thing where it's like, you will have to have your government ID tied to everything that you yeah. do. Which and, is and the responsibility lies, will, will be entirely on the websites themselves, so they'll have they're to They're going to over Extremely, yeah. And, uh, yes, it does... The timing uh, is a bit odd that Susan from YouTube would step down a week before this happens, but, uh, hey. you know, fingers crossed that everything goes well. Bye, Susan. I know we mostly just yelled at you up there, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I would do the same thing. Peace. Yeah, bye. She was like the 10th employee of Google, like uh, back she in, was, like, 2000. She was the one that convinced Google to buy YouTube. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we've had it wasn't difference. like she just walked into the place yeah. and was like, hey, I'm going to be CEO. She was there at the very beginning, I believe, housing yeah. uh, the original Google guys in her garage. Yeah. Well, her sister was, like, uh, Sergey Brin's ex-wife or something. It's like, all tied together. It is. All the VC people that were backing Facebook and the like all came from the original internet money. And we're just like, yeah, let's just throw money at all this stuff the and see what's PayPal mafia yeah. is what they All the PayPal people got paid. We got, that's how we got Elon Musk. That's how we got Peter Thiel. That's how we got a bunch of these fucking weirdos. And they're all the ones that are actually behind all of this. But anyways, let's focus on the story at hand here, which is uh, 
literally just Facebook charging influencers to be on their platforms. Um, as for why this makes more sense for Meta than it does for Twitter, I mean, it's sort of simple from an outsider's perspective. Twitter's for shit posting, but also hearing from important figures and journalists, mainly shit posting. Also, live watching live events. Like sports. Yeah, but yeah. that wasn't always what it the was Oscars. about. The Oscars. Yeah. Eh, it kind of was. Yeah. Oh, oh, reacting to it. Yeah, yeah. live yeah. reactions. Uh, now, the important, life-altering, crime-exposing, world-changing figures on the platform, they should be verified, and they should have to stand by their posts, good or bad. Once Twitter started charging any random person for the privilege of having the badge and being boosted by its algorithm, it actually has had kind of the opposite of the intended effect. It makes the platform far less trustworthy. Also, they can bring in what is relatively an like very small amount of money. Yeah, um, not, not gonna. This, this ship is is not floating back to the surface. It continues to sink just mm -hmm. ever so slightly more slowly. Instead, you have a couple people tossing water off of the ship. Yeah. I'll uh, help, Elon. I'll help. Uh, Instagram, for example, is for shit posting, but also being a visual e-commerce giant. It, it is. It's a giant shopping mall. It's Instagram where... is for cats and dogs. <laughs> uh, it's, it's where business gets done in every conceivable way. But mostly cat stuff and dog stuff. And in that sense, yeah, brands, businesses, and even influencers who use the platform for their business might be wise to beef up the protections and verifications of that service. Especially if they sell products for, you know, pet owners who happen to have a dog or a cat. Literally, the algorithm is giving you all of that content because you are a dog owner. No, I'm pretty sure Instagram's got to be like 90% dogs. Yeah. There's no people on there anymore. It's just dogs. <laughs> and that's not the algorithm. That's the, that's the truth. That's what my own eyes show me. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, there's definitely problems with, uh, you know, all that. Uh, as well, but so far this meta verified program isn't even just an added feature for businesses. It, based on their own press release, it seems just sort of like a monthly fee levied on influencers who desperately want to be seen, heard, and verified. It's the vanity tax. Yeah. Which might make typical usage more annoying, but just like with Twitter, it'll help to weed out people who care about that stuff uh, so you can just block them. It's very easy. Uh, there's really nothing in their press release about what people think this is about leveraging the massive amount of money from businesses for features they're already taking advantage of. Uh, worse than that, it requires users to tie their actual legal names and personally identifiable photos to their accounts and keep that all public or else lose their coveted verification status. From their statement, to be eligible, accounts must meet minimum activity requirements, such as prior posting history, and be at least 18 years old. Applicants are then required to submit a government ID that matches the profile name and photo of the Facebook or Instagram account they're applying for. The bottom of the post provides more explicit details, adding that businesses are not eligible to apply for Meta Verified at this time, and that at this time, Meta Verified will only support your real name on your profile. A lot of rappers are going to be pissed about that. Uh, once your profile is verified, you can't change the profile name, username, date of birth, or photo on your profile without going through the Meta Verified subscription and verification application process again. So yeah, not just artists, uh, but meme pages, uh, anyone who doesn't want to put their actual full fucking legal name out on the internet, uh, a, a place where weirdos are just filled to the brim. But look, at least on Twitter, someone can get verified as a name like Cat Turd cat and just turd stay two. that way. Cat Turd 2. The first Cat Turd was taken. Yeah, Twitter's like, you want to be a verified piece of literal shit? Be our guest. Instagram's like, no way. Yeah, no we thanks. got standards over here. Having said all that, though, this will absolutely be adopted by a variety of users, especially if and when they start rolling it out to small businesses, because many people will justifiably view this as a shakedown. 
where their businesses and pages are being held far below the ones where people are paying for the meta verified service. I mean, it so says it in the uh, yeah, like press release. You will get prioritization on the timeline. Because, yeah. yeah, it looks like that's what's going to happen. And it will be devastating to small businesses unless they pay the tithe. This is just like uh, real-life businesses having to uh, give money to Yelp. Yeah. It'd be a real shame if all the negative reviews went straight to the top of your uh, little privately owned business here. Pay the indulgence. Mm -hmm. And look, to be fair, if you're making a living on these platforms, I mean, the fee is a relatively low cost of doing business. Yeah, we give 30% of everything to YouTube. It it's, sucks, it's but... It's just the world we live in. Yeah. Um, no one is setting up a website that's just an island unto itself mm -hmm. and having anyone visit that website. It's yeah. uh, You are increasingly reliant on... Um, other platforms between you and the wider internet YouTube, in order to be seen and heard. YouTube takes its 30%, and in exchange, we don't have to pay whatever the exorbitant amount for video hosting uh, yeah, would be. It would be. I'm, I'm happy to pay someone else to do that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, look, that's not what this feature is currently being used for, though. It appears to just be a human verification service mm -hmm. and provides actual support for people if their accounts are compromised or people imitate them or something. The deeper reasoning behind this move, though, is obviously money because these companies desperately need more of it after years of infinite growth that seems to have plateaued out quite a bit yeah uh, strange in the past works. year or so um we are i think at a kind of like end of history moment for this the social phase, age the social age of uh, the experiment i think uh, probably not as great as everyone had hoped a lot of optimism in the early internet and uh i think you just kind of hit a wall with like you know, what's possible. Yeah. And the number of users you can attract. Uh, True. But uh, yeah, infinite growth is, of course, it is impossible. It's it, it's a it's a fool's errand. Uh, and with people understandably becoming more privacy focused, the ways in which companies like Meta and Twitter were able to exploit and monetize human interaction have also started to fade. Being able to charge users and hope that they pay for something that they've become addicted to by design is kind of all they have left. Unfortunately for these companies, it really feels like people are just more than willing to leave it all behind and quite literally go outside and touch grass instead. The idea that a company can spend over a decade infiltrating every tiny aspect of the lives of billions of people, leaving behind a trail of, in a lot of cases, literal death and destruction, contribute heavily to the social decay of society, and then start charging everyone for the privilege of communicating with friends and family or following brands, artists, and musicians for updates is kind of nuts, but also not that surprising. It was always heading this place. Uh -huh. Again, this is obviously completely optional for now, but it also feels like the beta test of a personal verification system that will become standard. And we're not sure our generation nor the ones after it will be too excited to participate also, we probably should have pointed this out before, but we were already too deep in the comparisons between Twitter and Meta, so we didn't want to add to the confusion. But yes, Twitter did send out notices over the weekend that said that the platform was just uh, getting rid of SMS two-factor authentication unless you are a paid Twitter Blue member, which, uh, I don't know, sounds bad. Mm -hmm. Everyone in, like, uh, you know, digital security seems to say it's bad. Uh, everyone in IT seems to say this is a bad idea. Um, and it will be bad for the significant percentage of Twitter's user base who don't read the news, don't care about account security anyway, don't want to use the much more secure authenticator apps, or just don't want to pay for 
uh, Twitter blue, which is a lot of people. But uh, it's a very weird decision to make if one of your primary complaints about the the website you bought is that it's full of scammers and bots and, and glaring well, security issues. Uh, and, yeah, yeah. Uh, the announcement obviously caused a stir online because at face value it does look like Musk is charging users for extremely basic security features, which he is. And it's a strange stance to take for a premium service to include, but the two-factor authentication that he's doing away with is it's easily the least secure version of all the options. Uh, that's SMS text authentication. Basically, you'll have to use a separate authenticator app or actual physical security key in order to authenticate your Twitter account when you log in, which is definitely more safe and secure. What's fucking weird about this is that if you pay for Twitter Blue, you can still have access to the SMS authentication that he is specifically pointing out is the not as safe version and reliant entirely on those pesky telecoms. Yeah, that is strange. You're paying uh, for the privilege to be less secure in getting argument. getting some mixed messages here. Yeah. It's like, uh, you know, you pay the extra $5, you don't have to wear a helmet. <laughs> We're not saying a hammer couldn't fall on yeah. your head. We're just giving you the freedom to do whatever yeah, you want. Yeah. Uh, what's worse is that if you don't pay for Twitter Blue and don't set up a new authentication process, Twitter will by default leave your account wide open with no protections at all. There you go. So, um, I don't know, think of any normal person who isn't habitually online or can't be helped to take one extra step to ensure their account security because they either don't care or are potentially less tech savvy. All those people who undoubtedly make up a larger percentage of Twitter's user base numbers will just lose a basic level of security, mm -hmm. potentially without being fully aware of it, depending on when they actually check in on their accounts. So Musk is right that SMS authentication isn't the best security method, but instead of making it mandatory for a third party or physical authentication, he is charging for the SMS service and taking away any protections from people who do nothing. Um, seems like another way to make a very small amount of money. In comparison, in com yeah, 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 relatively. In, an insignificant amount of money yeah. while compromising the integrity of the platform itself in new and exciting ways, which will cause even more people to simply leave though there will be no question going forward as to whether or not you're actually talking to a verified piece of shit. That's true. It is, and it's also like, even with these current security things in place, like getting your account hacked on Twitter, even in the before times, was a real ordeal getting it back. Mm -hmm. And now there's like literally no one there to even do customer service. Like yeah. your account's just gone. It's gone. Yeah. You're never getting it back. And with uh, Facebook, Instagram, Meta, whatever you want to call it, like uh, now, unless you pay for the service, you're shit out of luck. But if you do pay for the service, don't worry. We have humans on call 24-7. Yeah, concierge service. Yeah. Odd. But let's take a quick break and thank today's sponsor for allowing us to endlessly rant about the impending downfall of the web as we know it. Nothing stimulates our appetites like screaming into the internet void. Luckily, Factor is there to make eating the easiest part of our days. This new year, you've got goals, and Factor is here to help you achieve every single one of those goals. Save time and have the energy you need to tackle everything on your to-do list with Factor's ready-to-eat nutritious meals delivered straight to your door. Get Factor and not only skip the trip to the grocery store, but skip the chopping, the prepping, and the cleaning up too. Factor's fresh, never-frozen meals are ready in just two minutes, so all you have to do is heat and enjoy. No matter what your lifestyle, Factor has the meals to help you live it to the fullest with keto, calorie smart, vegan and veggie, and protein plus meals on the menu each week. 
Prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, each meal has all the ingredients you need to feel satisfied all day long. With 34 chef-prepared, dietitian-approved weekly options, there's always something new to try. Plus, you can round out your meal and replenish your snack supply with an assortment of 36-plus sweets, smoothies, juices, and more satisfying add-ons. I love those juices. Everything's good, and I like it because it keeps me, it literally keeps me on my goals, because I will stray very easily to eating uh, easy things like fast food, junk food, and with Factor, I know that I can go home, have a real meal, and uh, be done with it. Yeah. So are you looking to cut back on takeout? Well, you can do like me and get Factor instead. Not only is Factor cheaper than takeout, but meals are ready quicker than any restaurant could possibly ever deliver. They're done in just two minutes. Eating vegan or veggie is also a snap with Factor. Because each meal is prepared by chefs and approved by dietitians, you know that your Factor meal has all of the ingredients that you want and nothing that you don't. And if you're looking to mix it up, you can add a protein to select vegan and veggie meals each week. So head to factormeals.com ITDaily50 and use our code ITDaily50 to get 50% off your first box. That is code ITDaily50 at factormeals.com ITDaily50 to get 50% off your first box. Link also in the description. All right, back to the news now. And while our only comedy news competitor, which is the Emmy Award winning Last Week Tonight with John Oliver, mm -hmm. has already covered this story, we, we figured it would still have some juice left in it by the time we got to it. Uh, despite our very intelligent and perceptive audience, that's you, that's you, that's you, you're beautiful, being well aware of the fact that Fox News hosts don't actually believe the bullshit they peddle, it's still a mystery to an unfortunately massive part of the population the dumber part uh, so the, the the part that uh, makes them the number one channel yeah. in in uh, primetime TV yeah. which is scary so yeah I mean more proof is always helpful and at the end of last week we got a whole lot of very funny reports about something that was too far outside the realm of reality even for most Fox hosts to spread election conspiracies oh geez mm -hmm. so in one of the many legal battles that it's currently waging Dominion is suing the network for over a billion dollars. And defamation lawsuits are remarkably hard to win, so it's safe to assume they must have some damning evidence in regards to how Fox covered the election. And thanks to a recently unsealed court filing, we got a little taste of how Fox News handled the conspiracy theories internally behind closed doors, showing that while they aired election denial and gave a platform to the conspiracy theorists, they actually thought that it was all complete bullshit behind the scenes. Uh, the entire filing is available online and is linked down below, but here's a summary from NBC News. The document, which pulls from a host of internal communications from Fox News employees involved in election coverage, includes comments and quotes revealing that producers, executives, and stars of the network knew that the election wasn't stolen and that many fraud claims were bogus. The communications suggest that Fox News zeroed in on fraud claims as a way to boost ratings and appease their conservative viewers, who executives feared were abandoning the channel for other conservative media outlets, particularly after Fox News was the first network to project that Joe Biden had won the key battleground of Arizona. A number of prominent network stars who sometimes embrace conspiracy theories on their shows said in private that they knew that Trump lawyer Sidney Powell, who filed election lawsuits to stop multiple states that Joe Biden had won from certifying their elections, was not telling the truth, according to the filings. Quote, That whole narrative that Sidney was pushing, I did not believe it for one second, prominent Fox News host Sean Hannity said, according to the legal filing. Well, he was, you know, promoting those same conspiracy theories. Or the at show. the very least, just asking questions. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, they add that Dominion's suit includes hundreds of pages documenting times that the network lobbed bogus allegations against the company, among them that its software was rigged against Trump and that the company was secretly owned in Venezuela. <laughs> 
the newly unsealed messages and comments are the starkest evidence yet that many at Fox News, from top executives, including News Corp executive chairman Rupert Murdoch, on down to Fox News reporters, were aware that the election fraud claims didn't have basis in fact. I'm shocked. Yeah. They, they, we already went through this with the Tucker Carlson lawsuit years yeah. ago, where it was just like, only an idiot would believe anything that Tucker Carlson says. And, and that was a winning defense. Yeah. Anyway, here's a taste of what the recently unsealed documents revealed. Watching Giuliani, really crazy stuff and damaging. Rupert Murdoch said in an email in mid-November as the network he founded broadcast a lengthy, rambling press conference in which Trump lawyers Rudy Giuliani and Sidney Powell made allegations of hacking voting machines and a wide-ranging conspiracy involving foreign communists. Tucker Carlson told a producer soon after the election that Powell is lying about voter fraud, the documents show. Carlson would text Fox News host Laura Ingram the same thing later in the month, adding that it's, quote, insane and it's unbelievably offensive to me. Our viewers are good people and they believe it. Why do I, they believe it? Huh? Weird. Huh. Uh, quote, she is a fucking nutcase, wrote Carlson's producer, Alex Pfeiffer, referring to Sidney Powell. This Dominion shit is going to give me a fucking aneurysm, Ingram's producer, Tommy Firth, wrote at one point, according to the filing. Firth had concluded the Dominion claims were false, according to the filing. I mean, it's almost as if they were shocked at what they themselves had built. Of course, as we're all aware by now, the company's brief moments of self-reflection, the election denial, January 6th insurrection, were all quickly washed away by the never-ending news cycle, and their audience demands to be enraged and victimized by something now, even if it's not true. Either way, defamation, like we said, defamation cases like this are historically very hard to win with Dominion having to prove without a shadow of a doubt that Fox News aired certain narratives or invited on certain guests with the sole intention of damaging the Dominion brand. So we are not sure which way this is gonna go, but it will certainly provide much more insight into the internal operations over at Fox News, as if you'd be shocked to hear anything else. Um, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's defamation, yeah, it's very hard to prove, even in this country. Um, but the cool thing about defamation lawsuits and the purpose of a lot of defamation lawsuits is not necessarily to win but to just air out all the facts yeah so that it's all public information mm -hmm. how the public gets that information is a, is a different story uh, yeah. but yeah oh. anyway are you ready for the most american news story of the day because we have a doozy for you uh, and at the very least we can still nervously laugh about this because in this case no one was actually harmed which is good this whole story is absurd, outrageous, and very much the product of where it took place, a rural town in the middle of Texas. Recently, over in a little town called Rising Star, Texas, a local school superintendent had a little oopsie while on campus. Long story short, the superintendent lost his gun. Oh, geez. It happens. But luckily, it was quickly found by a third grade. Oh, thank goodness. A good kid with a gun. Yes. Long story long, both the principal and the superintendent are known to open carry their firearms on campus, and it was honestly just inevitable that someone was going to accidentally leave a loaded gun in the school's bathroom after uh, taking a shit and forgetting about it. Yeah, from, which is exactly what happened. From there, it gets more infuriating and stupid, but luckily, like we said, not deadly. Here's local outlet KTAB with more. Rising Star's superintendent, Robbie Stuteville, has resigned days after parents in the district learned he left a firearm unattended in a school bathroom for a third grader to find. Stuteville walked KTAB through the incident, explaining that both he and the school principal open carry on campus. When he was using the restroom, Stuteville says he took the gun off and placed it in a stall, where it was then left unattended for around 15 minutes until it was found by the student. 
all right, yeah, so this is bad, but hey, look, at least the student who found it didn't get curious, didn't play with it, didn't even touch it, which is, which is great. The student did what the student should do in this, this scenario that definitely shouldn't happen in any school, but seems to happen in America for mm -hmm. some reason. They, they did exactly what they should do. They went straight to a teacher and told them everything, which resulted in some seriously mind-numbing actions from that teacher. Parents of students involved in the incident say that the student returned to the classroom and notified the teacher, who sent a second student into the bathroom to confirm it was a real gun. So yeah, it seems pretty fucking odd. Luckily, no one was any real danger. Aside they weren't from, in any danger. Hey, you, the, the troublemaker, you go check on whether that gun's in the bathroom. <laughs> Not, the only the only thing uh, more safe than one little boy with a handgun is two little boys with a handgun. Uh huh. But whew, luckily, no one was in any real danger here, uh, aside from you know the obvious danger of an unaccompanied eight year old uh, with a, with a handgun, right? Yeah. Right, because that's what the superintendent said too. Quote: There was never a danger other than the obvious. <laughs> Stuteville claimed. Yeah, I mean, that's obvious. We're not going to go back into that, right? We, we already know the gun and everything. That's obvious. But there was yeah. no real danger aside from if that. If I, uh, you know, if it wasn't a gun that I left in the bathroom and it was actually a cure for cancer, you wouldn't be so mad, would you? Yeah, and maybe you would be a little more mad if I had, you know, left the obvious in the bathroom, but also unleashed a mountain lion in there yeah. because that would add to the danger. But also leave a tool for the child to assist in that danger. Yeah. So who's the hero, really? So, uh, yeah, please, sir, could you expand on what the, the obvious in that statement is? Because that would, that would seem to be a big part of the potential dangers here, almost entirely. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, Superintendent Stuteville went on to say that he was proud of the student and commended his behavior after finding the firearm. This is one of those examples of guns in schools, Stuteville said. <laughs> I mean, yes, yeah, yes, that's what it is. <laughs> Regardless of who takes responsibility, what? <laughs> they are a considerable danger, and one should school their child to be on the lookout for any unusual placement of a weapon or anything out of place. Sir, you left a gun in the bathroom. <laughs> that was your this, gun. This man, this is like, this is the kind of passive voice that like cops use. Like, I don't know, bullet left gun. We don't. Somehow it, a gun killed a person. It's outrageous uh, that it was like. We're all looking for the guy who did that. Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> just like, you know. I can't even uh, describe it because it's so insane. It's like the, the the best deflecting I've ever seen to a serious situation is being like, well, the real story is how uh, good our students are when it comes to finding yeah. uh, guns in bathrooms, something that is going to increase in happening as they age. The, the fact that this is like, there's not even talk of like any criminal... Uh, oh, like... it's okay. He resigned, Elliot. And yeah. only resigned after the parents found out and demanded that the police launch an investigation. Yeah, this is like not even being examined as like a crime that was committed. It's just like, yeah, it's something that happens sometimes. Sometimes it happens at a school. I want to commend our students here in Rising Star, Texas for being able to not only identify a gun, but make sure that it is handled safely. Yeah, yeah. just put this on his resume. But yeah, he's really spinning this as like a, you know, a test. <laughs> One of life's many tests that these students passed, and yeah. uh, he seems to be deflecting the whole, like, I don't know, oops, I left my loaded fucking gun in the boys' bathroom part of it. Yeah. That's, yeah. Also, like I said, this happened back in January, and parents only found out about it through word of mouth, and the superintendent has only now stepped down from his position after it started making the news and an investigation of the incident was launched. Uh, up until this week, Stuteville was quoted by local outlets saying that, quote, 
it was a mistake on his part, and he is not going to carry openly in the building anymore. And because he won't be working there anymore, is that what you said? No, before this, before this, it was literally just like, all right, my bad. All right, we all make mistakes. This is so funny because, like, I'm gonna leave the gun in my office when I go into the other building. So this is like what sounds like two administrators at the school open carrying. Uh, what some people want is every teacher at these schools to be carrying the gun. Uh, on them at all times and like just imagine you multiply this by like a hundred and just how many guns are going to be just like accidentally left uh, just sitting somewhere inside of a school i love that you're positioning as this as if it's outrageous and bad that that should happen when the local parents seem to believe that that's the actual truth because what there's not much hope for at least some of the parents in this situation. Oh, no. Because in another news, a local news report, a concerned parent was quoted saying, for our kids' protection, we need someone who is more responsible with a gun. Okay, but like... Not that guns shouldn't be on school property, but that someone that is more responsible than the fucking superintendent should be the one with the gun. Who that uh... is, that's up to anyone to say. Like, schools have a, a purpose. They exist to educate people who become teachers. They they get trained in uh, education. That's, that's what they do. Um, personal security is an entirely different field of expertise that it's kind of absurd to expect an educator to also be good at. Um, and these people are just like, well, yeah, um, next time get an assistant principal who uh, knows what they're doing knows with they're a gun. Doing, knows the way around a gun. It's uh, insane that the okay. first reaction isn't, uh, why the fuck were you carrying a gun on the campus, open carrying it, and then leaving it everywhere because you're open carrying it? Like, instead it's like, well, we need to get some more responsible gun owners in that school. Cool. I love this country. Yeah. All right. That's it for today's episode. Uh, hey, if you're on the West Coast or anywhere north of Kansas, Time to batten down the hatches, bundle up, make sure your food and water stocked, and sit through yet another brutal, potentially record-breaking winter storm this week. Because that's happening. Oh, good. In the meantime, please check out our most recent episodes and give this video a like, subscribe to the channel, and we will be back with some tech news and everything else. New episodes of Weekly Weird News and News Dump are on the screen now, in case you missed them. And we will see you soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.